0: Thank <laughs> you. Of Navigante, We are uh, today at the Dutch Art Institute in Cagliari in uh, Sardinia and um, our guest today is uh, Luca Carboni and um, how we managed to come to this place together is that the first episode was um, recorded in uh, Athens at Circuits and Currents where Luca as the second year was commenting on the first episode and we realized that we have some common interests together, and uh, therefore uh, we are today sharing a locality. Yeah, welcome, Luca. Thanks. Uh, Luca is an artist and a writer, and um, graduated from Dutch Art Institute, where we are today at. It is a live recording, and we have audience from uh, the institution also. Yeah, so let's let's go to the first place topic topic place. <laughs> so it, you were part of a co-op that went to mexico city uh, in a radio project
1: yes this was uh, in the first year of the die, and um, we had uh, a process a project curated by casco we had a travel we've been traveling to uh, mexico city to join forces with the with a collective of artists and uh, activists and uh, very nice people from uh, from Mexico City and the area called Crater Invertido. And the aim of the course was researching radio as a, as a medium, as a tool for action, as a tool for, for political involvement and eventually that the whole process took the form of seven hours long radio transmission from uh, from the place of uh, from the headquarters of uh, caratter invertido it should have been much shorter but then eventually it became a party and then i i honestly don't know when when that ended up but at some point someone stopped the recording so and uh, late did in you the use
0: night. like fm what does fm stands for
1: um, i don't know i don't know fm <laughs> we're so used to that <laughs>
0: Frequency meter? No, I don't know. Perhaps. 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 Anyways. But were you using FM?
1: We were using FM. There was a choice for that. That there was like a lot of emphasis. We also had like a in one of the last days we had a very intensive program. In, in one of the last days we had like a long, uh, a day long, workshop of uh, constructing our own little FM transmitters, uh, welding very small, very tiny pieces of metal and connections, and it was very complicated. Um, but that thing should have, um, let's say, uh, allowed us to broadcast on a like a five kilometers, and actually, eventually. Um, like a larger version of that uh, of the tool was what we employed we some guys of the of the crater invertido climbed on the roof and then they put like a, a bicycle wheel that functioned as antenna uh, it was as as rudimentary as that, and we managed to broadcast in a, on, a, on a radius of five kilometers. It, we could say that it was like a pirate radio transition because that 's absolutely not allowed only I think only the military can broadcast on a, such a, a a wide spectrum but uh, we they did it. People in the, in the market nearby could uh, could hear us all day long. And it was interesting. It was very fun. Mm.
0: I find this um, interesting that actually when you, when you speak about it, it's, it's very simple to, let's say, enter the space of the FM place to be able to broadcast and create an arena for your transmission. But for me, like the, what will happen with, with this recording is that it will be uploaded on SoundCloud. And then I'm thinking about these mediums that, for example, Mixcloud or Soundcloud, that there are several different plateaus where you, we're uploading and that is somehow like an arena. And maybe Spotify, for example, feels like a centralized place, but Soundcloud feels like this independent place. But And somehow there is this multiplicity of arenas rather than looking for the central part. And then when you say that, yeah, we put a bike wheel, up and that was the FM like yeah I'm wondering w- what is this thinking
1: yeah well I think that when you uh, that I mean the, the choice behind not uh I mean um not just uploading it on any platform to have others uh, to listen to it later. I mean, which we did b- because, of course, we we then decided to go for a, for an independent, self-organized um, a website called uh, radi- RadioLibre.org, uh, so that the recording is available there. But uh, the choice of doing it there was really to build uh, to build up something that was. Um, something that was more for the for the for the people around and something that is able to establish a more meaningful connection uh, in a certain sense because maybe you can reach a wider audience i mean someone maybe you upload something in here and then someone from from tokyo from um, South Africa, from New York, even from Mars. As soon as they manage to establish a Wi-Fi, like an internet connection, can listen to you. But what the proximity of, of the listeners actually the the the, the, the FM because it, it only travels to a certain point and then the signal gets weaker. Um, that allows for probably a more meaningful exchange, which also takes place law lo- in in. It's less of a consume immediate consume thing. You just press play and listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, in any situation. But um, you need, in order to have people, for example, in that case, from the market, you need to be speaking already with the people from the market and telling them, like, tomorrow we're broadcasting this and that. Uh, and we, if, we're going, if we do it every month or every week, then you establish much more of a, of a connection that is uh, at least more personal. Then, of course, it happens that the people from the market uh, then complain because most of it was in English and they could not understand it. So you also fall into, like, a, a, you know, a, a different... Um, you are sometimes surprised also by 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 how things happen in a different way than you than you were planning them
0: yeah i'm i'm also thinking about like what what is the radio today i have a radio in my kitchen it's a small radio it has an antenna and it has like am fm bluetooth connection and off so i can like my my radio is a hybrid radio where i can like put on a podcast and play it in my radio in my kitchen or i can change uh, to my um, favorite non-destructive music to listen to, or um, in general, I think like the kitchen is a place for dwelling, for like this kind of coming and going thoughts, like that you, while you're doing other things, you listen to something and maybe you catch something or not.
1: Yeah, that's a. I mean, without any thought or intention of romanticizing this medium, which I think is also a, a something a trap that it's also. Uh, always there behind the corner, uh, which I would rather avoid. But for sure, um, the fact of not knowing what is coming or somehow trusting the medium that whatever it comes with, you will adjust to it, or or that will adjust to. I'm probably not, but you most likely will adjust to it. It's something that uh, that I that I really that I really think has a that I really value in a certain sense. Instead of like choosing, okay, I'm gonna listen to this or to that but rather uh taking that something you know letting something that comes when I, when you don't know what is coming mm-hmm. with you and, and and that accompanies you throughout the day i think yeah. that's uh, yeah in the kitchen perhaps is maybe the the best place for that as yeah. you were saying
0: i'm also thinking that somehow i right now like sitting here i feel like a radio I, I like i feel like a physical physical being looking for a frequency within my own being somehow And then I'm I'm, like my antenna is is reaching out to your antenna and then we are like trying to find a frequency together and then we also have audience to relate to us somehow somehow things are informing each other but we don't know exactly how or Mm -hmm. um, and we just allow that situation to happen and um, that's also why I I find like this proposal um, intriguing for me.
1: Yeah, there is also like interesting because we are in, now in this uh, in this complex uh, in this cultural center. There is also the headquarters of a of a radio uh, from Cagliari that um, was, uh, I think, the first radio uh, in Europe to go live to broadcast. Uh, sorry, not go live to go uh, online, so that you could actually download a little file from your uh, from from the internet in 1995, and then you could play stream that from your computer Um, and now still is going FM and uh, uh, but also online and so on and I think that's really an interesting uh, thing to consider also how how these two uh, uh, processes informed each other somehow Mm -hmm. and 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 it's still happening in this in this very moment
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, we had a correspondence while uh, we have been in our own localities where you shared with me that Walter Benjamin was making radio as a mainly as a living in 1927 to 1933 in Germany, and uh, he made radio shows mainly for children but also for grown-ups. And there is a book called Radio Benjamin, uh, edited by Alicia Rosenthal, and it was published 2014. And I'm gonna paraphrase a small chapter from the introduction of the book. In the radio play for children written by Benjamin and Sean called The Cold Heart, the character of the radio announcer tries to make the other characters to join him in Voiceland, a spatializing trope for the delocalized zone of broadcast, a frame for the uncertain space and invisible borders of radio transmission. He says to them... You can come into Voiceland and speak to thousands of children but I patrol the borders of this country and there is a condition you must fulfill. This condition, the announcer explained, is an allegory for one of the material and medial conditions of radio and of other media of audiophonic broadcast more generally. Radio, he insists, will require letting go of the material trappings of the body. The characters must agree to surrender all finery and relinquish all external beauty, an act of disrobing and disembodiment that places an oddly sartorial emphasis on the otherwise generic problem of radio's need to transform the visual into the strictly auditory. In Voiceland, then, nothing is left but the voice, a subtraction with a gain. So, yeah, this is something you shared with me. Yeah, it's interesting to hear...
1: I think when I when you were reading the uh, this thing of the, of the of leaving the body behind and leaving the beauty behind and also what I was what I was thinking in that is that in order to uh, uh, to to produce what we're what you're producing now you also need to you need to consider a very physical aspect which is the which is the equipment that uh, that you need in order to do that and which is made of nowadays many cables computers internet connections and a lot of problems to be solved and in the past it was perhaps less technologically or uh, but but equally as difficult and that was always been a f- there was always the face or uh, to face some um, some difficulties to figure out how to do that how to speak to someone that is like uh, many kilometers away it has begun already in the 19th century. So there is perhaps in the technical uh, tools that you need to do some sort of giving up on the on the beautifulness, on the on on the beauty, on the on the ref- refined. But you know, you have to somehow get your hands dirty and figure out also somehow uh, how electricity works, how all this you know equipment functions in a very technical and physical way. Get your hands dirty in a certain sense.
0: Yeah. And, and also like, there's something very practical about it, like, as you say.
1: Which is, um, also embodies the, the, all the knowledge, which is not only in, you know, in the mind, but also in the body. And that means also knowing how to adjust all these kind of things.
0: What is your favorite YouTube channel? <laughs>
1: um, a channel uh, uh, which I watched uh, a lot lately, uh, ContraPoints. Uh, yeah. uh, which I also I also sh- uh, shared something with you. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge YouTube uh, um, a consumer somehow, but some maybe you wanna tell a little bit of uh, about this.
0: Ah uh, yeah, contrapoints. It's also my favorite one, and it's um, it's made by a trans woman that used to be a philosopher, but she dropped off and became a YouTuber, and she. I think a lot of the material she makes is uh, she makes it towards her haters, like the trolls that troll her. And like my favorite episode is on Jordan Peterson because she manages to like deconstruct somehow the relationship like between postmodern thinking and modernist thinking and like how Jordan Peterson is kind of fucking up that uh, and why he's wrong.
1: <laughs> Which yes. is your favorite episode? Uh, uh, mainly, I think the first one that I that I watched was about alpha males. The figure, uh, you know, and she was really t- taking a piece of uh, one uh, super uh, macho Viking. Um, that uh, that was really um, absolutely striking the way the way she did that. And um, I think it's 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 great. It, it's super interesting example of uh, someone that has a lot of knowledge and sees uh, all the academic, all academic processes and how that works and then it, it eventually she's like, no, you know, I'm just going to go and uh, be a YouTuber because that actually has m- much greater effect on, I guess, in this in this, in this, this sense instead yeah, of writing a lot of papers for a restricted sphere. audience. Exactly. So yeah. something that is really, um, should be taken into account and, 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 and she masters that in a very great way. Yeah. So I we advise to... Uh, everybody to go on YouTube and check that, yeah points. contra points
0: <laughs> so there is also something about like the immateriality of radio, and we spoke about a bit in the seventies among artists and uh, other mediums there was a there was a practice of practicing networks or practicing internet, and we also thought about like how a value of gold transformed into uh into a stock market so like from a literal point something transformed into something immaterial but it still has a value and how like radio also was a big trend at that time and also many are like i don't know the dancers at the judson church in the us were kind of practicing community through kind of being tech- working with technology but in an analog physical way and yeah this is something you brought up as a comment from when I was doing my first episode and yeah this is yeah more a concept i guess yeah
1: there was uh, i i just had like when when i was listening to what uh, to the first episode episode was uh, developing i thought about uh, bringing up maybe some uh, sort of similarities between uh, a moment uh, of uh, like late 70s of like the sort of switch of uh, of uh, consciousness and, and then switch to in like neoliberal uh, environment in which and how that also affects ways of sharing ways of uh, of being together and uh I, at some point i i uh, i realized maybe also in a, in a moment of like it like you know like Post crisis, or I don't know, that's debatable, but uh, as now, I just realized okay, everybody's doing radio, everybody's doing podcasts, we are doing the one now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it comes up here and there, everywhere, you know, and, uh, and then I realized um, maybe there is something in, 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 in that moment also that can be linked. I didn't investigate further that, so it's just still a very raw association, but perhaps someone uh, can, that's listening can think about that and, and develop and that a little further. <laughs> yes, or yes.
0: Yeah, I was I was reading on like Gramsci's prison notebooks in the nineteen twenties, where he r- writes about the relationship between the north of Italy and the south of Italy and the class relationship and how uh, th- there is um yeah there is somehow a conflict in between and also the islands w- were like part of the southern uh, um how is that relationship today in a neoliberal place let's say.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's uh, vast. I don't know if also if I if I have uh, so many tools on, on on that. But I I think uh, what is of course clearly still relevant today is the is the relationship between that the, the in the case of Italy that's not been solved yet between these uh, two uh, extremely different wards of like more of a um, uh, industrial north and an agrarian south and um i was um i was seeing what he claimed was of, of course the necessity of an alliance between these two classes uh, in order to you know to overcome the the hegemonic grip of the of the bourgeoisie but uh, um, what i what i was thinking uh, it's like re- after the recent elections in, in italy in march if you look at the map of uh, this was just like something that i saw uh, online and it's also like a, maybe not so articulated but like if you look at the map of italy nowadays it's completely divided between the total north of rome who voted uh en masse for the um, right wing in many different forms and the south including Sardinia and sicily that voted for the uh, like the five star movement uh, and uh, so this division it's still there a a century later uh, and uh, so it's interesting how this comes back of course uh, with with all the contemporary articulations and differences than than the time it was before Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if it's no, cool. but
0: I mean it's it's interesting. Like it's it's Total. been some time and many things has changed, but many things are somehow the same too. Um, I'm thinking about um like a contemporary way of maybe like what could be an example of contemporary like fascism and I, I was just recently kind of um, looking at this documentary called American Meme and it's about uh, about like people that have like five individuals more or less that has more than 1 million Instagram followers and uh, and ha- what their different practices kind of are th- in order to maintain that and uh, one of them is called uh, the Slut Whisperer and he uh, takes photos of making like uh, champagne cum shots on girls and he started off as a photographer, but then he realized that this is actually like, the way that he gains followers and how, how things um, works out for him. And, but in, in the documentary, when you like, go into the back door of his practice, he's completely miserable, but he needs to maintain it. He also talks about that like, he cannot be sober. He needs to go on the same level as, as the rest in the nightclub, which me- makes him completely alcoholic. And he needs to photograph uh, champagne cum shots. and that's his main practice. Um, so I'm thinking that like there is a su- like in the practice of subjectivity and contemporary place, this is somehow a subjectivity is creating itself, but still being trapped within a practice, mm-hmm.
1: which is very spectacularized. And to come back to what you were asking of like contemporary fascism is, uh, I mean, we have many examples outside of here, uh, but also the um there is this 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 need of 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 appear or spectacularize of mm-hmm. and and that's perhaps one of the one of the um one of the, the the best examples even we you wouldn't immediately label that as like this but if you think also like of the dandism that was very much present in the in the in the very beginning of fascism uh, for example in in some of in, in in some very strong personalities like d'annunzio or mm-hmm. marinetti and all these people that perhaps can be drawn a, a parallel between these kind of figures i would i would think what would be the contemporary manifestation of of these people perhaps something like that yeah maybe
0: you also uh, are going you're going to publish a book this year that is based on your thesis right yes, yes. and uh, it's going to be called who makes the Fash? and uh, uh, zero is the publishing body, right? Yes. Cool. And I wanted to share some uh, an extract from this because I, I find it relevant. And it's from the chapter, Can left-wing artists hijack hegemony? And this is a paraphrasing. Um, antifascism is linked to the transformation of what exists. Transformation is not only possible, but constantly happening. When one has embraced the struggle to fight fascism in the arts, the effort needs to move from the defensive to the offensive and turn its attention to capitalism as a whole. The widespread slogan of anti-fascism is anti-capitalism is a practice as well relevant in the arts. Defining what the left is or what the left needs to be in 21st century and beyond is a question that can be part of the process that can overthrow capitalism. Influencing the formation of hegemony is the creation of a force that is able to seize the means of production and build a new system through a discontinuous rupture with the state of being. Antonio Gramsci's understanding that without a control over hegemony, no revolution could be possible. And his insistence on the need of educating the working classes and forming intellectuals organic to them is still very relevant. We live in a world in which the revolutionary option has vanished from the political horizon, and politics has lost most of its mobilizing and representational power to cultural representation. Political actors are perceived and play according to schemes that are no longer political but cultural. Yeah, I told you that twenty minutes are short. <laughs> yes, very much.
1: This was also a, yeah. very much of a condensed uh, uh sum of the assumptions that they or, or the, the thoughts that I tried to put into that in order to provide some some thinking, some 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 something to, yeah. to work on for people that would read that.
0: Yeah. But I'm I'm really happy that you shared in our correspondence that you shared these references with me. And I think they're very relevant and also very interesting and uh I also would like because we're 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 much in the place of um, talking about fascism. I think also to just to add I th- in my own thinking right now, like I think there needs to be like intersectional practice within the arts also, which I, I like. I'm looking for a way to concretize it better than just speaking about it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Luca. Thank you. I had a really great uh, journey. It was epic, (laughs) and uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, for joining us.
1: Thanks.